it. Welcome to the Mike Davis Show. It is Wednesday here in St. Augustine. It's Wacky Wild Wednesday. I have no idea what we're going to talk about today, but it is going to be fun. It's going to be exciting. And as with always, it's the Mike Davis Show with (laughs) Amanda. So Amanda's here for those of you that love Amanda. We brought Amanda back for today as well. Welcome back to the show. Yes, and we have a new toy, but we're going to talk about that after. (laughs) After we do ads, but I am so excited. He's very excited. I have not been this excited in a long time. I cannot thank (laughs) Pete Melfi enough for increasing the excitement level to volcanic within Mike Davis. It is awesome. I'm so happy. All right, Salomon Services. It's the premier place for personal training in St. Augustine. They've got all kinds of small group strength and, and fitness classes. Uh, They've got classes for athletic development for both team and individual sports performance. If you've been injured and you're trying to get back on the court or the field, they will help you do that safely and quickly, and you'll be in better shape when you do. They have a state-of-the-art center with both indoor and outdoor turf areas, and all their coaches are certified through the National Strength and Conditioning Association, which is really important. You want great trainers whenever you're training. Otherwise, you have bad trainers. It's a bad training. So you want great coaches, and they're, they're all amazing people over there. Um, DT, Deb, Sal, they're all great. They're fantastic. They have interns too that are really, really helpful. Um, and they've got all kinds of classes for uh, youth this summer. Yeah. So if you're trying to get your kids, uh, high school, middle school, college kids in better shape for next season, go call them. Uh, 904-461-9945, Solomon Services, the premier place for personal training. Wonderful. I have Ward Medical Services. They are the only local family-owned medical equipment supplier in the St. John's County area. They are trusted by local doctors and hospitals and have been for over 22 years. Ward Medical should be your first call for everything from wheelchairs to home oxygen and sleep therapy equipment and supplies. Stop by their local showroom at 2435 US 1 South, just south of Walmart in the Lewis Point Plaza. You can also call them at 904-794-9600, Monday through Friday, 9 to 5. From our home to yours, Word Medical Services. And Brightway Insurance, the Casey Agency. They have proudly stood by their customers through hurricanes, major floods, hails, and fire since opening their doors in 2008. Through these events, the agency has become a much-needed insurance resource in times of trouble and hardship. Honesty and integrity are the pillars of our core values, says Ashley Ashley Casey, the owner of Brightway Insurance. We pride ourselves on being insurance experts while developing strategies that help our clients meet their insurance needs. We truly enjoy the relationships that we have forged, and the office has a real love for St. Augustine, which inspires all of their best. We love you, Brightway Insurance, the Casey Agency. And Buzzard Ford Lincoln in St. Augustine. Their goal is to make sure your time and experience buying a new or used vehicle is stress-free, fun, and enjoyable. Bozart has been a dealer here in St. Augustine since 1949, and they've been the recipient of numerous dealer awards, uh, being ranked the number one automotive dealership in the nation by Dealer Raider, and they also won back-to-back President's Awards, which is the highest honor Ford Motor Company gives its dealers. Go on, check out Bo, Letty, all of their staff, or check them out online at bozardford.com. And while you're out there, stop by Ford's Garage and get the 904 Now Burger and tell them Pete Melfi sent you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Pete Melfi, the greatest podcast producer in the history of the universe. Is he still paying for all the burgers, the 904 Now Burger? I don't think he is. I oh, think okay. that's getting billed to you. 
If you haven't noticed, there's been a massive reduction in the amount of pay that you're getting because of those hamburgers. That's why I was on the phone with the bank for three hours today. (laughs) You are not getting paid. I have nothing to do with it. Yeah. I do not. I have nothing to do with that part Today was the nightmare customer service 1-800-LINE day for me. Really? I've been on so many customer service calls. It's a nightmare. Do you do customer service or are you just trying to fix things in your company? I'm trying to fix things within my life. (laughs) Well, I have a fight. I have been trying to fix something for years. I can't tell you exactly what it was, Mm -hmm. but it involved two different entities that I'm involved in and trying to move people from one entity to another. Okay. And it it was, um, I ended up talking to somebody from the Philippines for an hour, Mm -hmm. two nights ago. Yeah. And I got it resolved. Well, that's good. And it's the first time in like a year and a half we've been like, okay, we finally got this fixed. Now, I haven't got the billing for it, and I'm not 100% sure that it's resolved, mm-hmm. but she was very nice. She was amazing. Um, mm-hmm. she, I, it was really, really fun. But I walked into one of the stores to make sure, and they're like, oh, yeah, we have all your information right here, and this is how it, and it was exactly the way it was supposed to be. So I was like, ah, yay. That's good for you. Customer that is service. not the way that went for me. Customer service. It was great. Yeah. It's awesome. When you get good customer service, it's always, always, always amazing. All right. So kind we have of like a unicorn. It is a unicorn, but we have a new toy in the we 904 do. Now studio. Um, it's been sitting here staring at us, and I wasn't quite sure if it was an FBI um, spy thing that mm-hmm. Pete had on us to just see what we were saying before the show, mm-hmm. but it appears that it actually is a teleprompter. It is a teleprompter. Yeah. And I'm going to Ron Burgundy <laughs> what's on the teleprompter All right, right I'm now. I'm going to go to you. I'm going to me and check out the Mike Davis show on the 904 now app at 5 p.m. Talk to you soon. End of show. Type your script here. <laughs> I love the teleprompter, Pete. It's awesome. It's great. He left the Mike Davis up on there. So cool. Pete, you're amazing. And I think I see how to play with it and how to change things. But because <laughs> I love P. Melfi, yeah. I will not press the buttons without being trained. Because I don't want to tank the stream for you guys, and I don't want to mess it up for them in the morning. Well, and the other thing is, um, we don't make enough money on this show, like the morning show, to afford nice things or to pay for them if we break them. (laughs) So we're not touching it. Yes. We're not. But we did put a slight modification on the teleprompter. No, we didn't. Just slight. It's not on the teleprompter. It might be on the teleprompter stand. Pete will love it. We did nothing. Pete, you have something to look forward to in the morning, just like I did. I'm so excited and so happy. We did nothing. <laughs> I love it. I'm okay. I don't mind admitting I did it. You did it. Not I me. did it. I'm fine with it. Pete's this week. Pete's going to like this. <laughs> Suddenly it's Mike Davis show again. Wait a minute. Let me give you this back. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Keep that over there. Spared speaker. no expense. <laughs> Spared no expense. Uh, I only introduced you to implicate you in the rest of the show. Now That's you true. understand. Now you have been implicated in the plot. There you go. You can't hide from it. The logo is now, it's now multi-layered. Oh, I'm really excited about that because it's really cool. A lot of the reads Mm -hmm. I kind of got memorized. We've had great sponsors for a long time, Mm -hmm. but it'd be really cool to have the teleprompter roll and do that stuff. And it'd really be cool to have some of the stuff that we're doing Mm -hmm. be like a professional show. If anybody out there wants to sponsor the Mike Davis show so that we can buy our own teleprompter so that Mm -hmm. we can have our own stream deck and all of our own reads, then, you know, I'll beg pete to set it up for us well you know i know pete he's gonna buy another one and we'll get this one discounted. yeah yeah all right but i'll probably still run the 904 morning ads every once in a while yeah just to see if we're gonna ron burgundy it or not <laughs> we might 
Go what yourself, San Diego? What's that say up there? San Diego. That means what? I know. <laughs> if we started doing uh, Anchorman, we could yeah. be here for two hours. So Anchorman is a movie that I did not enjoy, but it has amazing lines in it. Why did you not enjoy Anchorman? It was just, it was too much. Well, it was over the top sexist. Yeah, I don't love Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell has to be in a, yeah. like, I'm, it's very, I don't know, very narrow range for Will Ferrell mm -hmm. to not annoy me. Yeah. And so there's a couple roles that I'm okay with him in. Um, Anchorman, it was just, it was pushing it beyond that. But there are amazing one-liners in there, and I quote it all the time. I, I thought that, that that movie did a phenomenal job of making fun of mm -hmm. life in the 70s and mm -hmm. early 80s, um, stereotypes in the 70s mm -hmm. and 80s, um, because all of that was going on. And I thought it did a phenomenal job of yeah. just making fun of the entire thing. Well, it was supposed to be an entirely different movie. Mm-hmm. It wasn't supposed to be anything like what it wasn't it was. supposed to be funny. It wasn't supposed to be the way it was. So like it's it's all in the studio, right? Yeah. And it's following the lives of the people in their town mm -hmm. in the studio. They were supposed to be heading to a location and their airplane crashes. And there was supposed to be, I think, a bunch of monkeys in the cargo bay of the airplane that was transporting them. And then they were supposed to like have to survive the jungle to be rescued. So it was supposed to be more like Tropic Thunder-ish with news anchors. That's stupid. That's the That was the original pitch. That's stupid. That was the original idea for Anchorman. And then it became what it was. Well, that's okay. The original pitch for Star Wars was a, a kid farming with his with his uncle and his aunt. And it really was boring. I mean, have the crop ever, harvest took forever. Have you ever heard the... Um, <laughs> The analysis that J.K. Rowling didn't create a masterpiece. Yes. She made Star Wars with crappier lightsabers. Yes, I have 100% heard that. <laughs> lightsabers. I've, I have never, I have not seen a single yeah. Harry Potter movie. Uh -huh. It's just not the genre that I enjoy. Come on. Kind of like your Will Ferrell. I've seen a lot of Will Ferrell's work. I don't always enjoy it. Well, I just... It just wasn't anything I want to see, but I did when I saw that. I read it and I mm -hmm. laughed at it, and I came home and I brought it to the kids, my twenty somethings, mm -hmm. and they all laughed like, "Yeah, that we've known about that for forever." There's a comedian that does a skit, and I showed that skit mm -hmm. to my kids when they were in the height of their um, Harry Potter fandom. Yes, and that's the first time I've ever seen my son say, "Where is that guy? I'm going to fight him." <laughs> he was so mad <laughs> because he couldn't argue against it. And it he was so mad. It, it's funny when you have these these core beliefs, and mm -hmm. all of a sudden somebody's like, they just shatter them, take them to the core. It, it was real. I, I, I'll always remember Luke Skywalker was a hero for me as a kid, mm -hmm. and then I remember seeing some spoof about Star Wars, mm -hmm. and it was two guys from the Empire mm -hmm. in a bar talking about how many of their friends died on the Death Star. Yeah. And I was like, I never thought about it that way. <laughs> I, n I never thought. And then within a week, somebody else sent me a meme about uh, how he was a uh, radical terrorist um, taken in by an old wizard into a cult mm -hmm. and he destroyed a military base. Mm -hmm. And you're like, I didn't think about it that way either. So he's Ted Bundy. <laughs> I, I mean, it's worse. Yeah. Worse. I, I just kind of. It's all your perspective. Or not Ted Bundy, who's the Unabomber. The Unabomber. Like the probably Unabomber. one of those. Yeah, but it was just, it was really very, I thought it was very interesting. Yeah. Okay. It's all a matter of perspective. So before we get to stories, and we only have a few of those today, 
mm-hmm. right? It's it's kind of, it's an interesting, but I, there's some stuff in here that um, is not bad. Jonah Hill, have you been following the Jonah Hill saga <clears throat> this week? Yeah. Now I know you follow all of this stuff that, and I don't mean this in a bad way. I refer to it as kind of trash TV, mm-hmm. right? It's it, pop culture. It's That's what pop culture just is. sensational stuff mm-hmm. to get you to watch. And I typically go flying by it. Yeah. But there was a surfer girl involved. Yeah. Which got me reading the story. Mm-hmm. And then I cared less about it as I read it, but I couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. And so then I understood the allure mm-hmm. of trash TV. Yeah. So tell all of our listeners what's going on with Jonah Hill and his a one-year ex-girlfriend. So he has an ex-girlfriend. They've been broken up for a while because yep. he just had a baby with his current girlfriend. Like literally, I don't, I don't know in Hollywood if you have to be broken up for a while. Well, I think you could still be going together and have multiple babies fair. at the same time. I'm just, uh, I don't want to judge Jonah. I don't know how <laughs> whether there is overlap or how the relationships ended or how that shook out. I do know that his ex girlfriend decided to save her takedown and cancellation attempt of this man um, until his baby was born. So he's on top of the world. He's got a new ba- newborn baby. Okay, got and it. And they're in like baby bliss. So what does she decide to do? Throw him into the hellfire of PR nightmare and cancellation just to ruin that. So just the timing alone makes me think that she's not the greatest person. So from a woman's perspective, mm-hmm. it might have been vindictive. I feel like it was vindictive because okay. from a woman's perspective, you don't trample on the moment that someone has a baby. Like you don't crap on that and yeah. make that a totally stressful and horrible time unless you're trying to hurt people. And so I feel like that's what that is. Jonah Hill has been in a lot of this, the movies of the late 90s, early that 2000s. None of us want to go see. That yeah, well the, he's been in Wolf of Wall Street. He was in that. The only good one that I liked him in, mm-hmm. the only one, and I, and I do not. If Jonah Hill's on the marquee, I'm probably not going to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was uh, Moneyball. Yeah, he was really good opposite Brad Pitt in Moneyball as the numbers mm-hmm. guy. I thought he did an extremely good job in that movie. But I think it's like he—he's like a lot of actors. He plays the same role over and over again. Yeah, he's, he's the just—he's the Justin Bateman of his age. He's the you know, that just went flying by you. The Justin Bateman of his age. Like Justin American Bateman Psycho? always. Justin Bateman always plays the same character. The actor Justin Bateman. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, have you ever seen him in a different role? George I, Clooney plays the same person every single time in every single movie. Well, so there's no depth there. Cage. If you've ever seen the movie The Croods, it's an animated movie about a prehistoric family. Yeah. And the dad is play is voiced by Nick Cage, and it's just Nick Cage animated as a caveman. So I'm gonna, it's hilarious. I, I'm going to tell you that one of the first Nicolas Cage movies that I saw was Peggy Sue Got Married. Yeah. So when you one. tell, and that was horrible, it was in college. Mm-hmm. And so when you tell me that he's still playing the same character, I'm like, yes. Even when he was Ghost Rider, mm-hmm. I had Peggy Sue. We're not going to make it. You know, I'm going to have to say Nick Cage. Honeymoon in Las Vegas. (laughs) So Jonah Hill's been in 21 Jump Street, the remakes, Wolf of Wall Street, Moneyball. He's been 
critically acclaimed in a number of movies. Yeah, but do we acclaim the critics? But we don't, but no, he has been critically acclaimed in, mm-hmm. in a number of movies. And, you know, he's got a fairly decent filmography that goes back about 20 years. And so he is no longer with this woman and just had a baby. And this woman decides now she's got to take him down. So she comes out with um, showing text messages and it's him. She's saying that he's a fake feminist and that he needs to be canceled because he's controlling and gaslighting and da 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 da. And some of the things I think are fair. Some of the things I think are a little over the top. I don't think it's unreasonable for a man because he also qualified everything in the text messages with, hey, these are my boundaries. Mm-hmm. If you need that, for yourself, then I'm not the right guy for you. And I feel like that's fair. I feel like it's fair to say, you know, I don't like X, Y, Z. If that's what you want to do, then that's fine. Live your life. But, you know, you're going to live it without me. Um, The thing that I think is kind of ridiculous is he's dating a surfer and he's angry about um, her posting bathing suit pictures. Yeah, it's kind of the uniform of surfing. Yeah, if it's in the context of her Mm -hmm. posting work and promotional pictures and she's in a bathing suit in that context, then I get it. If she's wearing like string bikini and rolling around on the sand just for thirst traps, then I'm with him. I side with him on that one. So if it's him complaining about like PR images for her job, then I side with, um, with her as saying that's ridiculous. If it's her rolling around in thirst traps and thong bikinis for no reason other than just to incite the um, amour of others, then I get where he's coming from and why he doesn't want his significant other to do that. He also has, like, doesn't want boundaryless relationships with yeah. members of the opposite sex. Yes. I can see that. I mean, there are people that Louis wouldn't feel comfortable with me hanging out. There are people that Louis is comfortable with me. He's comfortable with me being in the studio with Mike Davis. He knows Mike Davis and he trusts Mike Davis. So that's cool. Clay, I trust Mike Davis too. Clay Blasser. There's some other people that I trust Clay a lot more than I trust me. Would not want me to be around. Yeah. And that's fine with me because there are people I wouldn't want him to be around. So a couple of comments yeah. on this whole thing, right? First of all, This younger generation is never going to learn this very, 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 very important rule. Mm -hmm. I'm going to tell them and it won't matter. It'll go flying over the head. There are certain things you do not put in writing. Okay. Okay. Because when you put it in writing in an email or a text, especially a text, Mm -hmm. it will be used against you in the future. Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. If it's a relationship that is a toxic relationship, I grew up in the age where when you said something, Mm-hmm. It was always thrown back at you. Yeah. Maybe not in the same context, but at least it wasn't in writing to be shared with all your friends. Well, mm-hmm. he said this. And, well, I never said it that way. I said this, yeah. right? But with the text message, it's in writing. Mm-hmm. So the other thing is Jonah has the rest of the text. Yeah. There's no telling what's on the other end of the text. He could easily let the rest of the text out, which could be an entire rant by her, mm-hmm. which he's like, hey, I don't want to be in this rant. And then finally says something that she takes one block out of this thing that would go a mile long. Yeah. Right. And so the, I don't, I don't get why these young kids want to put this stuff in writing. I don't understand why they want to send pictures. I Stop also, all this stuff. I on the don't internet. understand why we're supposed to judge a relationship that was weeks, months, however long 
long based on a single text message. Yeah. And I don't think it's out of bounds to say, hey, this is what I expect from my partner in a relationship. And if that's not for you, that's fine. That's not for you. And this is a completely different age, right? Because now there's expectations, mm-hmm. right? Jonah Hill has an expectation of a relationship. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up, if if your buddies all got together and one of them rolled in, right? Hey guys, hey, what's up, Jonah? Who are you dating? Oh, I'm dating this girl. She's a surfer. Oh, that's awesome. You're dating a surfer chick. Mm-hmm. Do you know how few surfer chicks that are out there? Is she a cool surfer chick like all the rest of them? Yeah, yeah, but yeah, she models too. What, Jonah? You're dating? I mean, the reaction from the buddies should be completely different. Now yeah. it's like, you got to put boundaries on the relationship. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like, well, my he, generation grew up different. We would have been so excited to be dating yeah. a surfer chick and a model mm-hmm. that you're like, boundaries, relationship? I'm just dating a surfer chick. He's also not learned the lesson that Leonardo DiCaprio mm-hmm. uh, should have taught him. <laughs> and that is um, that Leonardo DiCaprio makes every girl that hangs out with him sign yeah. an NDA. Every single one, which is why we don't know what kind of weirdo or eccentric. We don't know anything about Leonardo DiCaprio's personal life because he's got a very tight, restrictive NDA that people have just now started talking about. Uh, I have so many comments that would have to start with allegedly. And Jonah Hill, so, yeah, <laughs> and Jonah Hill <laughs> evidently did not do that, or he did, and this woman broke the NDA. <sighs> in other news, she did, con- in the course of this whole thing, mm-hmm. she did confirm that she suffers from mental illness, and she has XYZ diagnoses, yeah, yeah. whether that's part of her what? voicing all of this or airing all this dirty laundry at this point. Who knows? I don't know. And I'm speaking in, in a broad generality. A uh, if my wife is listening, I'll get yelled at. No, no. But I think that the, the mental health issues are much higher among younger people who are using social media mm-hmm. and who are constantly posting. Mm-hmm. And all of their validation of who and what they are comes from how yeah. many likes they have. I think they have far more issues than older people are like, we just don't give a crap. Yeah. We don't care. I actually just saw um, an anesthesiologist was just uh, posted a video about how he can tell that um, Generation Z, Zoomers, whatever you want to call them, are lonely and depressed and self-medicating based on how they react to anesthesia. Really? Yeah. Because they're in a heightened state of... um, mental stress all the time by just being lonely Mm -hmm. and potentially this generation is way more apt to self-medicate with medical marijuana as an option i mean you're far less likely to puff the wacky weed as a a medicine but a generation z person is Mm -hmm. more likely to see marijuana as a medical treatment and so they're self-medicating well that's because they've been told it's medical marijuana for 20 years yeah so they're more likely to medicate with that as a result they need far higher doses of the medications that Mm -hmm. you use Mm -hmm. to go down so profanol became um kind of a household name when michael jackson died from ODing on it Mm -hmm. you need twice the amount of profanol if you're Gen Z needs twice the amount of profanol, um, according to this anesthesiologist. And he's talked to a bunch of other anesthesiologists. anesthesiologists about this, that it's very common. They're more likely to wake up completely panicked. 
So there's a couple of different ways that you wake up from anesthesia. Mm -hmm. You don't remember it because of the state that your mind is in. You're not making memories at that point. So you don't remember whether you wake up peaceful or whether you wake up completely fighting and freaking out. Gen Z is far more likely to wake up freaking out and in a state of terror and have to be calmed down. Mm -hmm. There's a different gas blends that you have to use. They need way more of one in particular over the others. Um, The blend is different for Gen Z and they're putting it up to just the upper cortisol levels, the self-medication. Alcohol is part of it, but it's not as prevalent with Gen Z as it is with older people. No, older people are definitely more, um, I think, more alcohol related. It was a very interesting video. I shared it on Facebook, and I don't think anybody watched it because it's like a 30-minute video, S- but it is very S- interesting. Send me the video, since mm-hmm. I don't follow everything you do on Facebook because I spend way too much time with you four hours a week. It's true. <sighs> I would hate to follow you on so Facebook. over me by the time we leave on Thursday. <laughs> Louis a saint. No, just, we have got to stop talking about intelligent issues because you're so much smarter than me. I just don't like the way this feels. So no. we're going to stop that. No, anyway, <laughs> you we you've touched on a lot of stuff. Yeah, that's in the in the stack today, mm-hmm. right? So there's all these stories. I just started with Jonah Hill, but because of where this has led, it it follows into all these other stories. So long story short on Jonah Hill, I don't judge their relationship because I don't know the context and I'm not going to judge someone's relationship on a single text exchange. I don't think it's unfair to express boundaries about how you act in public and with members of the opposite sex with someone you're in a relationship with, a romantic relationship with. And if those that's a back and forth conversation, like you have your starting point, you negotiate that if you're committed to that relationship and wanting to move forward. Um. He offered an out. I don't see that he's the super villain in this, but I don't have enough information to decide one way or the other. And I think it's scummy that she did this when he just had a baby. I, I got asked one time to testify about a divorce. And it was an employee of mine, right? Mm-hmm. So not a super close friend. It was an employee. I had known the employees. And I called the attorney and said, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. I wasn't there when they met. I wasn't there at the first date. I mm-hmm. wasn't there when they proposed. I wasn't there yeah. um, when they when they consummated the marriage. I wasn't there when any of the kids not. were born. <laughs> I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. I know the day he came to work for me, and I know he's still working for me now, mm-hmm. and the amount of money that he made. I'm more than happy to give you that information. Mm-hmm. I got nothing else for you. Yeah. Oh, maybe I overreached. I'm like, yeah. It's like, I don't. I can't. Yeah. I'm not. In. So this relationship is the same. You have two people that are taking yeah. a small segment. Out of this big, huge thing that was their relationship, you don't know anything. I don't know anything about it. I don't have any comment on it other than it made for good 20 minutes of talk. <laughs> that was you, you achieved your goal. <laughs> I got my goal out of it. I, so anyway, okay. So topics for today. All right. All right. Doing it by yourself. Story one or story two. He went there and it's over when it's over. I feel like doing it by yourself and he went there is just a continuation of the same story. Well, I didn't want to do story three, <laughs> but I did feel like I knew our audience after all this intellectual talk would need something to wake them up. All right. So let's go with doing it by yourself. Okay. <laughs> we had talked about this loneliness thing in younger mm-hmm. people, right? So there's been two stories out this week about the increase in people living alone uh-huh. that they're not getting in relationships. Mm-hmm. 
and they're staying alone. So I need you to be really super smart again and carry this segment of the show. My brain's going to hurt. I'm going to introduce this and you have to show everyone how incredibly smart you are with an education that had something to do with psychosis. Oh, wait, that was psychology. Sorry. Yeah. I studied psychology, which gave me psychosis. <laughs> Maybe. So there's a, a trend um, that 30% of households mm-hmm. are now composed of a single person. Yep. Which was up from which like... terrible for the environment, by the way. Oh, yeah. There's too many people living in too many places. Mm-hmm. Uh, those living alone made up 8% of households in 1940. Okay. In 1970, that number had risen to 18%. So it took 30 years to get nine points. All right. Right. By 2022, it was 29%, almost 30%. All right. So I don't know, that's a huge increase over the time period from, what, is it, what do we say, 30 years and you had another 30? Yeah, that's like 50 years since the 1970s. Yeah. So that's not, I mean, it's kind of trending that way. Uh, it says the solo living movement uh, intersects with several other social trends. Americans are marrying later, if mm-hmm. at all. Mm-hmm. The nation is aging. The national birth rate is falling. People are living longer or they were until the pandemic arrived. Mm-hmm. What does that mean? I'm just kidding. No. So this is questions the- we're not allowed to ask, but Mark Zuckerberg's going to kick you. Mark Zuckerberg's but- got it. Um, so what do you think about this trend of people living alone? That now almost a third, 30%, 29% is close to a third. Mm-hmm. Even in my mind, that screaming 33 and a half is a third, but sorry to be so rigidly. I know, I <laughs> just the numbers guy in me. Yes. Um, but comments. Um, I think that it's not surprising with other information that I've looked into, other research that I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's sad. Um but I don't think anyone's surprised that the first generation of kids that grew up on cell phones are now adults and they don't know how to talk to people and carry on a conversation or find friends and maintain relationships. I don't think that that's surprising. I mean, when the first iPhone came out how many years ago? And the first group of kids got their hands on them. We all saw that they immediately became zombies and they could no longer carry on conversation. I want to be a doctor that fixes necks in my next lifetime. Yeah, that's a real thing. It's a huge thing. There are so many YouTube videos about stretches and exercises to fix the neck hump. Mm -hmm. Because people are getting that so much younger now. There's going to be a whole new person added to the end of the evolution line. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be a person that's looking down with a hump in their neck. So they've actually done um, adaptation studies. Yes. Based on the trends that we're seeing with people in the West. And they're going to be much larger. And, well, size-wise, weight, maybe. But just the way posture is going to trend and the way it's, it's not a pretty picture. If we don't get a hold of this technology staring down thing. It's not good. I've had several conversations today about technology not being good. Please do enjoy the 904 Now app, though, because that is the good (laughs) technology out there, and it will help you overcome the bad technology. (laughs) All right. Um, So, I mean, it's not surprising to me. It's sad. And I think that the quicker we figure out some outreach to this this generation, I mean, the Zoomers still, in particular, like they need, they need help. Well, here's the thing. Living alone is much more common in large cities. Mm-hmm. 
Singles now make up more than 40% of households in Atlanta, Seattle, San Francisco, Minneapolis, and Denver, mm-hmm. according to a paper by a British historian. Do we trust the British? Can we trust them with this information? Okay, we'll trust We them. just had 4th of July. I don't know. I don't know. I'm still mad at them. <laughs> Half of Manhattan apartments are one-person residences. Yeah. Have you seen how small they are? You can't get two people in them. It's true. Anyway. Plus, rents have fallen because there's less people. No, I, it, it's interesting to me that you have all of these people that want to live alone mm-hmm. at a time when because of the phone and social media and all these apps, supposedly people are more connected than ever before. But they're really not. Mm-hmm. According to Bella DePaulo, author of the upcoming book, Single at Heart, mm-hmm. living alone can be a dream come true. You get to curate your own life. You get to decide when to go to sleep and when to get up and what and when to eat, what to watch or listen to for entertainment and how warm or cool your place will be. Mm-hmm. Sounds like sharing sucks. <laughs> According to her. It sounds like an only child that doesn't like to share. So, I don't want to share anything, including the thermostat. What's interesting is kids that grow up sharing bedrooms. Yes. have easier transitions into um, dorm life in college and have easier transitions into married life mm-hmm. because since they were children, they have had to negotiate shared space. Yes. So there's all of these tropes from romantic comedies and sitcoms about how, you know, he doesn't he doesn't change the toilet paper roll and he leaves clothes all over the floor. And mm-hmm. that's like total deer deal breaker. I can't handle it. Like how, how very dare he. But when you grow up sharing a space, you recognize that, you know, people have different ideas of mm-hmm. what's clean and what is comfortable and what is acceptable. And you have to negotiate that out and you have to figure that out or you're miserable all the time. And kids figure out how to negotiate that. If they're sharing bedrooms, mm-hmm. they found that it's harder and kids that never shared a bedroom have higher divorce rates. So I don't know about the divorce rate, but I do know that kids sharing bedrooms ended probably after my generation. Mm-hmm. We didn't. I almost always had, yeah. I almost always had a, had a, a brother in my room. When I finally got my own room, it was awesome. Mm-hmm. I felt like these people. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, I talked to somebody who was a college administrator 20-some years ago. Mm-hmm. You had kids showing up at college that had never had to share a bathroom or a room before mm-hmm. having to share a room, and they couldn't do it. Yeah, it's part of what makes that freshman year so hard nowadays. Yeah. Yeah. It's because they don't know how to negotiate that shared space. They don't know how to be okay with a shared bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, it's... It's a challenge and it's kind of, it's setting kids up at a little bit of a disadvantage to let them have their own con- complete control over their space and never have to share. Melissa, Barbara Jean, and Robin, while we are talking about all of this loneliness, mm-hmm. are missing Bobby. Yes. And so they want to know if he's at the Jumbo Shrimp game. I don't know. Uh, they, he might be playing. And it, one of the other comments in here mm-hmm. um, is that a young couple that's child-free can be selfish. They can take naps, go on holidays whenever they want. And uh, so they're sure they don't want kids. They use extreme birth control, which I'm assuming is vasectomies and things like extreme that. Extreme birth, birth control. control. <laughs> like not having sex, that extreme? Just asking. Not <laughs> grooming? Not. <laughs> There's also a rise in not shaving your legs. Is that part of extreme birth control? <laughs> oh, might be. Might be. But there's a lot. 
I am sure that that might be fun for a while, but they will never get to see their kids grow up. They will never have grandchildren and they will never, there will never be any family reunions when they get older. I disagree. But you don't know they're, what they're, you don't know. They're a family unit of one. They're constantly at the family reunion when they're by themselves. I disagree with that sentence. <laughs> I'm half man, half dog. I'm, I'm here friend. by my own self and it's my own reunion. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just think it's going to be very interesting to watch this. Um, Did anyone catch that movie reference, by the way? What was the movie? Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. No, which I, I get it now. <laughs> I think I get it now. I guess that's an extreme measure, Amanda. <laughs> It's from Spaceballs. Oh, uh, okay. Now, now I get it. John Candy. We talked yeah. about John Candy yesterday. Yes. Another fantastic John uh, Candy. In a viral video, which has amassed over 556,000 views, much less than the morning show every day. We'll say that right now. Much less than uh, ours. This woman revealed that she had previously made this deal with her friends and her boss, but it was now ready to open up a general place. She said, so the offer is if you introduce me to my husband and I marry him, I will give you $5,000. I don't have to stay married to him for long. I can a get divorced. Fee? <laughs> I can get divorced from him in 20 years. I have news for you. A miserable marriage, 20 minutes is a <laughs> lifetime. A happy marriage, Man. 20 years is just a good start, right? Uh, it doesn't matter. But if you introduce me to a man that I walk down the aisle with, I will give you $5,000. I could, dude, this a is terrible. I'm the worst friend ever. I would find a dude to walk down the aisle with her and split the money with him. I told you about this 5,000. You get half, I get half. Yeah. But only if she wasn't. Would you tell him about the full 5,000 or would you be like, hey, she's going to pay me 3,000. Well, right, <laughs> right now I'm rethinking it. But yeah. I don't think I could get a guy to walk down the aisle for less than 5,000. I don't yeah. even know if I could get a guy. I mean, most guys are going to look at you and go, five grand to walk down the aisle? Do you know what she gets after a she couple of months? No, I'm true. not walking down the aisle with that. With a prenup. Yes. Five a grand, huge. Split it and a prenup. A huge prenup. So, yeah, I think this it's going to be interesting to watch this trend. Mm -hmm. It's going to be interesting if all of a sudden in a few years, people are like hiring consultants for them to find somebody. I can see a movie about a consultant that hooks people up. A matchmaker? A matchmaker, yes. But Hitch. he gets in trouble because he gets... That's a great name for it. They're getting hitched. We should write this script. Think it's done. We could redeem a, an actor's career, but we need to remake it because the leaders know. No, no, we can redeem his career. Okay. Actually, I'm not sure he got hitched in the right. I should let that go. Might not be the best way either. To do. did he not take his own advice from the movie? R.I.P. Will Smith's career. <laughs> Said Chris Rock. <laughs> Chris Rock said that. I think maybe Will Smith's kids said that. I, I don't, don't know, know what money they're making. I don't know. Okay. So we are now almost 40 minutes into the but show. We got this. We, we talked about two things. All right. So we have doing it by yourself. The other story. No, I, can't... I did the doing it by yourself. No, there was story one and two. Uh, okay. There's story one and there's story two. Then there's he went there. And then it's over when it's over. Okay, let's go with story two. Doing it by yourself again. Part two. Kevin Costner oh. is getting divorced from Christine. Kevin Costner has been doing it by himself? Baumgartner. Well, they're not doing it together anymore. So they're doing it by themselves that somewhere. That doesn't mean that he's by himself. We I, just mentioned in the Jonah Hill <laughs> story. <laughs> so could be overlap. Here, the, I, the only reason I follow these divorce stories is because somewhere in there, they get to the amount of money they want. Yeah. 
And that's the part that always makes the me go. Guy. So that wow. explains it because I'm sitting here like, has hell frozen over? Why are we doing an entire day on pop culture? I, it, <laughs> look, do you want to talk about Joe Biden and how nonsensical he was at NATO summit? Or can we talk about something funny? Let's talk about Kevin Costner. He's hot. <laughs> okay. Here we go. So apparently in this relationship, when they got married, Costner deposited a million dollars into account mm-hmm. that would be his wife's account if she became his ex-wife and then every year they were married he kept putting money in there Mm -hmm. but she doesn't want that money even though it's like a million five she wants more money they were married for 20 years 20 years and he only put in another four hundred fifty thousand dollars cheapskate i don't care you can give it to me. Oh my God. He's never coming back on this network. I'll never cheat on you. I won't marry you either, but I'll never <laughs> cheat on you. You can give me the 1.5 million. So they're arguing over um, how much money she should get monthly. How much money do you think she currently is getting monthly? As her allowance? As her divorce allowance, plus she's got to take care of the kids. I feel like. I feel like this number is going to make me really mad. Um, I wonder if it's on par with the Kardashian Kanye West. Uh, I'll say it's probably less than Kardashian Kanye West. So I'll say $100,000 a month. So it's $50,000 or $51,000? Way less than that. Way less than that. Okay. Um, She claims Costa is kicking the kids out of the house. Sure. I'm sure he's doing that. I can't see that. (laughs) Right? I mean, hey... You're taking them with you. I'm kicking you out of the house. What I've heard <laughs> is, is that, that she won't she leave. Was banging, yeah. She was banging a house guest. Now, I haven't heard that. But again, I don't do pop culture the way you do. So I'm going to have so to trust you on what this. What I've heard was he was on location filming Yellowstone. And there was a house mm-hmm. guest that was an approved house guest. Again, boundaries in relationships. Maybe and he should have been approved. It should, apparently not. And um, he found out that his wife was being too hospitable to the house guest. Sometimes you can just be too nice to people. But that's what I've heard. Right. So Costner offered $51,000 a month. She wrote in the declaration. $51,000 a month. $51,000. Now think about what you are doing with your family. How many jobs you and Louie have. Mm -hmm. How you have to put up with me for four hours a week just to Mm -hmm. make ends meet on this podcast. She said. She out earns me in two months. She said. Oh, wait, it's my entire family. Oh, wait, it gets better. I cannot provide housing and care for the children at anything close to their accustomed lifestyle with the $51,000 a month Kevin proposes to pay in child support. Holy crap, what kind of lifestyle are these kids living? Pete, quickly text me where the um, audio button is so I can cuss without getting us in trouble. It's a hundred. She wants a hundred grand. Because the Kim kids, Kardashian got three hundred grand a month from Kanye, mm-hmm. and then he immediately got canceled because he went off the rails and won't shut his mouth. Well, he should have gotten canceled first yeah. during the divorce proceedings. Yeah, I heard stories, and I will not name names, of golfers oh. back in the eighties that the judge is like, "Well, we're going to see what your earnings are the next three years, mm-hmm. and then we're going to base." Uh, paternity and alimony and child support and all this on that. And they tanked their career for three yeah. years because they're like, I ain't paying this crap. Mm-hmm. And they went from like a top 10 golfer to like nobody heard of them. Divorces settled, 
back in the top 10. Not going to name names. At least half a dozen stories of actual humans that are within four degrees of me um, that either did that intentionally or incidentally. Um, One story was the wife chose to divorce the dude at a particularly low point in his career. Mm -hmm. And so she kind of shot herself in the foot with that one. Uh, I heard a story. I'm not going to long, long time ago. No time ago about uh, someone who wanted to get divorced, went to the lawyer. The lawyer said, no, 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 no. Your husband's about to make a lot of money. You wait till he makes the money and then we file. <laughs> you, you can put up with him for three more months, but in three months, he'll be in better financial shape and then we're going to file. <laughs> Bill O'Reilly? I don't, not, out for you. <laughs> I don't know anybody at Fox. I know nothing that went on at Fox. No one at Fox will talk to me and that's just fine with me. I like being me. Yeah. But no, I was Her a lawyer's story. name was not Bill O'Reilly. Okay. No, 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 no. M- might have originated Bill O'Reilly's catch. Correct. <laughs> might, might have. Just looking out for you. All right. So we have, he went there mm-hmm. and it's over when it's over. Um, It's over when it's over. Okay. So since we're talking about divorce, yeah, it kind of all bladed. It, it, it just went there. Kind of want to smack a chick. <laughs> You're going to go to bed still mad at that woman. You have well, a new favorite enemy. Kim Kardashian makes the kind of money she makes and she got $300,000 a month. You, you know, I was really nice to you because I had a whole different track for today's show. Matt Gates was interviewing Christopher Ray, and I was going to make you read the Matt Gates part, and I was going to read the Christopher Ray part, but I cared about you, so I didn't do that story today. <laughs> I did the divorce story. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Mike Davis. All right. It's over when it's over, which almost happened to the show. <laughs> so there's if the next two words out of your mouth are Matt Gates. I'm out. <laughs> there's a writer's strike. <laughs> In Hollywood, I don't know if any of you have noticed, there's not a lot of stuff on and a lot of shows are being canceled, threatened to be canceled. A lot of shows are on hiatus. All of these things are going on, right? So the writer's strike has been going on. What we do without Hollywood writers. No, no, it gets better. Mm -hmm. It gets so much better. So first of all, if you're watching movies right now, right, and you're looking at the box office take, it's not good. No, it's not good. So you have, in my opinion, you have people who are still scared to be in large groups mm-hmm. from COVID, right? They don't want to go in a movie theater and sit with other people. I think that's a small people. percentage, but yeah. But I think it's a percentage of people, mm-hmm. right, that aren't going to movies. Yeah. Because they're not going to do that. So Hollywood needs those people to go to movies. We'll say they are one part of the political divide. Okay. Hollywood is pissed off the other part of the political divide that says, I'm not going to your movie no matter what. I would say maybe up to 5% of the audience are still COVID nervous or nervous of large crowds. I would say probably 42% of the audience are mad at Hollywood. Not at Hollywood. Okay. So Hollywood writers are on strike. Oh, no. The actors, and I don't know if it's been settled today or not, but tonight at midnight was supposed to be the deadline to get a new contract for the actors. Dun, dun, dun. So if the actors go on strike and the writers go on strike, what a great year for people. Humans will flourish. Humans will flourish. <laughs> we won't have fake stuff anymore. Um, it's because you know what will happen? What? People that are making content that audiences are actually clamoring for. Yes. Like a certain movie that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to still be able to do it because they're not part of the Hollywood unions. Nope. And they can distribute it now 
separate of the Hollywood unions. Yeah. And so it's not that content's not going to come out. It's just that all of the woke garbage isn't going to come out. And oh, no. <laughs> yes. Whatever will we do? Barbara Jean, I did divorce stories for you today. That's as salacious as we'll get. Wait, I do have one more kind of salacious thing, but it's not kind of stripper stuff. But it's the he went Sorry. there. No, it is. No, I, I think Hollywood's in, in major he went trouble. Where? Now I'm curious. <laughs> he went there. He went there. You're gonna you're gonna be amazed. You are. Louis, it's okay, trust me. It's not that kind of amazed. Um, but no, um I think Hollywood's in major trouble. The yes. right the longer the writers are out, the longer it's gonna take to, to fire everything back up. Mm -hmm. If the actors join them, I mean it's just Hollywood's slowly killing itself. This is just accelerating. The death spiral, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. And there's so, not that much good stuff on anymore. Well, that's, you know, real estate's location, location, location. Mm -hmm. Salary negotiations are all about the right time. You don't want to argue that you need a raise when studios are repeatedly losing $100 million on projects. Mm-hmm. I mean, Amazon spent a billion dollars on Rings of Power, and it did not do well. It was horrible. Indiana Jones is not doing well. No, not good. Um, Elemental just blew up in everyone's there, face. There's, there's a ton of bombs that are happening. What's the, the Flash just bombed. What's the sci-fi movie that came out a couple weeks ago that was kind of quirky and funny, and it was like the this director's best movie ever, but he only does quirky stuff? It was set like in the 1950s. There was oh, a whole yeah. there was a whole big acting crew to it. It had all this buzz. Mm -hmm. Darcy's like, maybe we should go see it. I watched the trailer with I said, I, I don't know that we want to go see that in the movies. That's either mm -hmm. going to be great and it'll be around or it's going to be terrible. Mm -hmm. This was like three weeks ago. Yeah. I cannot add Astro. Was, no, what was it? It was some weird movie. That, anyway, Last night at dinner, Matt's like, oh, yeah, that's going to digital uh, maybe this weekend. Yeah. And again, it hasn't even been 30 days. Oh, they do that now. I said, yeah, because everything bombs and they're trying to get whatever they can out of it before yeah. it goes back. They in don't the want to have to redo the PR. No, for it, was, it was it was a horrible. Yeah. So anyway, I think the actors in Hollywood studios are in major trouble because they can't figure out what what people want to watch. Mm -hmm. They can't write what people want to watch and mm -hmm. nobody's writing or acting. And the whole reason the actors are striking right now, one of the reasons is AI. Yeah. They're trying to get their rights protected so somebody won't AI them. I can tell you this. If you bring back John Wayne and AI, I'm not going to see the movie. Yeah, no. I'm not going to. First of all, I, I shudder to think of what Hollywood will have John Wayne say today. Yeah. I'm not going to that movie. Yeah, I know. No, so thanks. We already talked about, they're talking about rebooting um, Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman. And... I love Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. I watched the whole thing um, when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. I rewatched it when I was, I had just given birth to a baby and I had a lot of time to sit and nurse a baby and not move around a lot. Um, so, like, I love that series. There's zero chance I'm watching 2020, whatever, 25, 24, 26, Dr. Quinn Medicine Woman. Zero chance. You under, it's not going to happen. You understand that the storylines will be 180 degree different from what the storylines were back when yeah. you watched it. Yeah. Well, the only thing I've heard about it was Jane Seymour saying that um, she was going to step back from her medical practice to pursue um, feminist politics, to 
suffragette and fight for fight for the right to birth control. And I'm like, not watching it. I don't care. I'm yeah. not watching no. my Dr. Quinn and my Sully get sullied by modern day reimaginings. I couldn't care less. No I'm way, not no going to do it. No. All right. So our last story, mm-hmm. he went there. He went there. I was shocked. He went there for two and a half hours. Two and a half hour interview. Tucker on Twitter. Do you know he interviewed? Yes, I do. <laughs> did you watch the entire thing? I did not watch any of it. <laughs> I've seen clips. I haven't watched any of it. I have seen clips. Yep. Uh, it's the person we're not allowed to speak of. But if you go look up Tucker two and a half hour interview, you'll figure out who it was. People lost their ever loving minds. Um, I watched a few clips. Mm-hmm. I'm not sh- sure that the person was interviewed is a hundred percent all there. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and these are just two minor clips. So to be fair, he's been hit in the head a lot. He was a prize fighter to, to, to be fair. <laughs> I'm taking, I mean, it's like me judging uh, Jonah Hill's relationship. Right. Yeah. But there were some things that were said and I was like, okay, I'm trying to argue this. I'm trying to not like this person. I've been told mm-hmm. I'm not supposed to like this person. Mm-hmm. But there's kind of, I mean, he was talking about depression. Mm-hmm. Right. And he doesn't believe in depression. Now, mm-hmm. I, I think there are certain people that are depressed. I think there are other people that aren't depressed, but mm-hmm. they're talked into being depressed. Mm-hmm. And then there's people that are just medicated. Yeah. And then they numb out. Mm-hmm. And I, I had to agree with some of the comments on depression. Mm-hmm. And um, I think there are people that, that need help with that. I think there are Absolutely. other people that, that do not need help with it that are given help that just makes their life worse. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that just like me, you just get up. And you go, I get to live today and I'm happy to be alive today. And I'm excited to be alive today. And, you know, worst case, I'll mess up this podcast. Mm-hmm. But I'll still be okay. Psychological medications, um, long-term studies of psychological medications. The results are pretty abysmal. Mm-hmm. Um, as in no effect greater than placebo. Mm-hmm. Uh, in best case scenario for many of them. Um, when you come down to it, a regimen of exercise, getting outside and eating a proper whole foods, non-processed, low sugar, low carb diet, those things are far more likely to positively affect your brain chemistry than a lot of psychological medication. That's not word for word what the evil person said in the interview. But That's it was just, darn close. Minus you, you had to throw masculinity in there multiple times, and if you threw masculinity in there, you were there. Why the chromosome? I get that, but I'm just simply so, telling you yeah. the evil person said a lot of what you said, which is why I was like, uh, some of this makes sense. Yeah, I, I mean, hate it when somebody makes sense for me. Yeah, when don't you don't like them. Yeah, it just it bothers like, me. But I'm also honest enough to admit that makes sense, even though mm-hmm. I disagree with maybe some of what that person has said done. Based on the research that I've read, it's there's not a ton of research that shows that, especially medicating people prior to the age of 26 with psychological medications, it's it's not there's not as strong a correlation to positive outcomes with medications alone um, than there are is with just changing habits of eating a proper nutritious diet of proteins, 
vegetables, limiting carbs mm-hmm. and sugars, and uh, getting out in the sun and exercising. Those three things are the most foolproof and minimally um, side effecty ways to mm-hmm. improve your mental health. Yeah, I don't, Melissa has a comment. Uh, mm-hmm. Neurotypical people know nothing about depression. Like I, I don't. I mean, I've known people that are depressed. I've known people that aren't depressed. I know people that kind of feel down from time mm-hmm. to time. But I, I don't. I admit that I don't. I don't. I fully don't get it. Mm-hmm. But I'm also one of those people that ninety percent of the time I wake up and I go, "Let's roll." Well, the um, the last uh, psychological manual, the DCM five, I believe, is the acronym for it. Uh, redefines it might have been DCM four. Redefine depression to all the way down to two weeks of um, melancholy, fatigue, and um, you know, frequent crying, trouble sleeping, that kind of thing. Um, by that definition, wait a minute, frequent crying. I need to add that in. By I'm that definition, kidding. everybody is depressed whenever they go through something major. Mm-hmm. So the the actual definition for depression, the clinical definition for depression at yep. this point, the bar is so low, and it is completely divorced of context from. Did your parent just die? Are you going through a divorce? Is it reasonable, given the circumstances in your life, for you to be feeling two weeks worth of sadness, fatigue, increased um, increased sleeping, and crying more frequently? Like, is it a completely divorces circumstance from the expression of those things that fall under the the definition? Um, symptoms and so anyone can be anyone can fall under the category for depressed so you don't have to be neuro atypical in order to fall under the current clinical definition for depression having said that i'm certain that over the past three years 50 percent of the time i've been depressed under the current clinical definition of depression but for the record none of it has been from five to six o'clock monday through thursday possibly not. most mostly mostly can't confirm <laughs> small segments involving one I mean, man being brought up on just, the show the definition the clinical definition for depression right now is yeah. so low that it's hard to classify it only in the category of neuroatypical. Like, and as we bring people in, and we bring a lot of people in our time, if you think you need help, go get some help from somebody. Absolutely. Go talk to somebody. I mean, we're not Absolutely. saying that. I mean, just, it, there are a lot of people out there that are willing to help you and go talk mm-hmm. to them. A lot of it is just simply getting it, having somebody to talk to and understand you and listen to you. So don't feel like you got to do it by yourself. I would caution you that if the person you talk to, if their first course of action is to put you on pills and not to encourage you to exercise, modify your diet um, and get outside, also sleep. Um, Sleep is a huge one as well. So if they're not asking you to modify those four things and they just immediately give you a pill, maybe seek a second opinion. Yes. Okay. Um, I'm thankful for two things today. Three things. One, that you were here and that you're intelligent. Because you carried the intelligence portion of the show. <laughs> I did research and brought stories to make you look good. I'm very happy that the <laughs> clock is back. We have not yes. had the clock for months. It has yes. been buried under a pile of wires. 
I've had to use my clock on my phone. It was like the wires ate the clock Mm -hmm. and somehow it got spit back up on the desk and it's working and it's awesome. And lastly, we love the teleprompter and I'm going to change these and check out Pete Melfi, Davey and Troy on the 904 app tomorrow morning at eight o'clock. We'll talk to you soon. End of show. You guys have fun. Type your script here. (laughs) Goodbye.